Guys, good morning. If you have your Bibles, grab them. We're going to be in the book of John chapter 10. So we continue our series through the gospel of John and hearing about the life of Jesus. Give you a second to turn there. John chapter 10, starting in verse 1. If you don't have a Bible, the words will be on the screen, I think, if I told him to. Starting in verse 1, the words of our God say this. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and is not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there, there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. This is the word of the Lord. In 2005, in Istanbul, Turkey... There was a, a big field and about 1,500 sheep. And there was a couple shepherds out on the sheep, and they were tending to the sheep doing the thing, and they got hungry, and they went in to the house to make themselves a meal. And as they were eating, they were watching out the window, watching their sheep, and the sheep were grazing, doing their sheep thing. And one of them had happened to get too close to a cliffside, and as it got too close, it fell off. Well, the other sheep around that sheep, uh, this is my internal monologue for sheep, uh, they saw the sheep go off the cliff and, and thought, huh, I wonder where Bob went. And they walked off the cliff. Just like that, like no care in the world. And so all 1,500 sheep walked off the cliff. The first 400-something died, and the rest survived because there, now there was a giant pillow of sheep to break their fall. This is a true story. This really happened. You see, sheep need a shepherd. In our text this morning, Jesus is talking about sheep, and to understand from the beginning, we need to understand something. Inside this parable, we are the sheep. 
we're the ones who walk off the cliff. But the first question that we need to ask and understand is, why is it that Jesus chose to use sheep to describe us? I mean, he could have used dog and master. He could have used birds and keeper. He could have used pigs and farmer. But he chose sheep and shepherd. Why is that? And I think it is for this one simple reason that he chose to describe us as sheep and him as the shepherd. Because if you had to describe a sheep with one word, it would simply be, stupid. Sheep are without, without a doubt, the dumbest animal on the planet. I want you to think about it. Have you ever noticed that you could take almost any other domesticated animal, release it into the wild, and it can survive? Dog, cat, horse, bird, whatever animal you can think of, you release it into the wild, and it'll survive. You release your precious little puppy dog, and it might look back at you and, I'll miss you, master. You know, it'll probably go into a state of depression, but it'll get over it, and it'll survive. If you let your cat go, it ain't looking back. It's going to go, freedom! (laughs) And you'll never see that thing again. But if you let a sheep go, it will simply say, well, who's going to feed me? If you let a sheep into the wild... It will die. It cannot survive on its own. See, not only are sheep dumb, they are directionless. Sheep can do nothing on their own. They can't find water. They can't find food. They can't find shelter. If you were to, honestly, if you were to put a sheep, like, in a, in a place that they just had everything that they needed, they had all the grass they could ever want, they could have all the water, they could have, they could have everything, and there was no predators. They put them in the promised land for sheep. They'd go, huh, what's over here? And they would just leave. And they'd just walk into the desert. They'd just leave it. They would go away. And doesn't that sound just like us? Doesn't that sound just like us? Where God says, here, live this way, walk this way. Here's a blessing if you do what I'm telling you to do. Oh, yeah, okay. Cliff. That looks fun. Shiny. Squirrel. Sheep are dumb, they're directionless, and they're defenseless. Most every animal has either a way of defending itself or hiding itself or escaping, not sheep. When an animal is attacked, when there's a predator in an animal's life, it does one of three things. It fights, it flights, or it postures. If a bear or wolf comes charging at a sheep, what is it going to do? It can't fight. It doesn't have claws. It doesn't have fangs. It doesn't have venom. It can't fight. Like, it can't do anything. A sheep can't run away because they're not fast. They can't fly. So it can't run away. And it can't posture. A dog, if it's attacked, will growl, will show its teeth. A cat will arch its back and hiss. A rattlesnake will shake its tail. But what's a sheep going to do to a wolf? It's not going to scare anything off. Literally, when a sheep are in danger, what they do is they run together in a big circle, hoping that the wolf eats a different one of them. Honestly, so my, my uncle is a farmer, and growing up, I used to always take my friends over to the farm and show them the animals or whatever, and the coolest animal that he ever had was a fainting goat. And if you don't know what a fainting goat is, uh, they wouldn't know either, and I'd take them over there and show them all the goats, and I'd say, oh, watch this, and I'd take this cute little black goat out, and they go, oh, it's so cute. i go, watch this, Wah! and the goat would go, Dur! it would fall over and start seizing, 
And these fainting goats are bred for the only purpose of when there is something scary or loud that begins to happen, they fall over and shake so that they are the ones that get eaten. So the other sheep can survive. And they are bred for this purpose and this purpose alone. You see, sheep can't fight. They can't run away. They can't posture. They're dumb. They're directionless. And they're defenseless. And Jesus says, we are sheep. Why did Jesus use sheep to describe us? Because of all creatures in the world, sheep must have a shepherd. A shepherd is always with the sheep. He leads them to green pastures to eat. He leads them to the still waters to drink. When a bear or a wolf comes, the shepherd himself fights off the predator and saves the sheep. Without a shepherd, the sheep walk off a cliff and die. Without a shepherd, the sheep leave grass and water and just wander off. So when Jesus decided to call us sheep, he is speaking to the reality of who we are and who he is. That we are like sheep, and like sheep, the only way that we will make it is if we have a shepherd. It's a very realistic assessment of who we are and what we need, because we are completely dependent upon a shepherd. We do dumb stuff all the time. Think about it. We make decisions that hurt us emotionally, that hurt us relationally, that hurt us physically or financially. We take the good gifts that God has given us, and instead of using them how they're meant to be used, we take them for granted, or we walk away and we say, I don't need that, I know better. I don't need to live this way, I don't need to walk in the way you told me to, I'm gonna go over here because this seems better to me. We are defenseless, think about this, we are defenseless against our true enemy. Our true enemy isn't a wolf or a bear. Our true enemy is Satan, sin, and death. And we have no weapons by which to fight. We have no speed by which to run. And we have no way to posture. We have no way to fight off our true enemy. But we like to pretend. We like to pretend that we're not like sheep, that we're smart. But in reality, we're sheep and we need a shepherd. And if we are totally dependent upon a shepherd, then we have to have the right one. Because if you're going to have a shepherd, you have to trust the shepherd completely. You have to trust the shepherd completely because you will live and die by the shepherd you follow. If you have the wrong shepherd, he's going to lead you astray. But if you have the right one, he'll lead you into life. We need a shepherd. And so the question is, what kind of shepherd should we follow? If our lives are more, or so our souls depend on following the right kind of shepherd, we need to know what sort of shepherd we should follow. Verse one says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. If you have ever looked over at your neighbor's house and seen somebody hop the fence and go around back, you immediately begin to think something's up, something's wrong, something is missing. Something's not right here. It looks shady. And that is the point Jesus is making. Because usually if someone is sneaking around the house, we need to go investigate. Something's wrong. Jesus is showing them that these people who want to lead them are not shepherds. Because the the people who want to lead them, the Pharisees, they want to use the sheep. 
They want to use them for their own gain. They want to steal from the sheep. They want to take advantage of the sheep. They don't care about them. When we put this in context, last week our story that we looked at, the Pharisees were so mad. They were so enraged mad that Jesus healed a blind man because he did it on the wrong day of the week. Jesus changed a man's life, gave him sight when he was blind, and the religious people were mad because he didn't follow their rules and their traditions. He should have waited till the next day to do it. You see, given the choice between healing this man and breaking the rules, they would have had rather the man remained blind, poor, beggar. Jesus is saying, people who act like that who care about laws and tradition more than they do people, you can never trust them to be your shepherd. They would lead you right off a cliff if it served their interest. And he's saying, listen, that's not the kind of shepherd that I am. You see, our shepherd is one who uh, does not care about tradition or religious systems. He cares about people and he cares about his sheep. Jesus cares more, think about this, Jesus cares more about you than you care about you. And he is radically for your good. Our shepherd is not looking out for himself and his own interests. He's not trying to exploit us for his own personal gain. Jesus does not hop the fence and sneak around to the back door. He goes into the front. He cares for us. Notice verses 12 and 13. He says, he who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not, uh, on, does not own the sheep, the one who doesn't own the sheep sees the wolf coming, and he leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. You see, if you have a hired hand, he might look like a shepherd. He might have the staff like a shepherd. He might have the clothes of a shepherd. He might be with the sheep. He might herd the sheep. He might feed the sheep. But he does not own the sheep. They're not his. He's just a hired hand. He has no investment. This past week, on Friday, if you know uh, my family's schedule, we go to Chick-fil-A every single Friday for lunch. It's kind of our family routine. And uh, this Friday, the, it snowed like this much, and so they were out of school, and um, naturally. Um, and so uh, we were like, oh no, Chick-fil-A is going to be packed. And so we had to get there early. And so we got there like 1045, right? We, we don't want to go to the craziness. And we could get our table and play and wait a little bit. And so we got there, and, and I'm really good friends with uh, one, of, one of the kind of upper guys that works there. And, and we were talking to him, and, and it's like, yeah, man, we got here early because, you know, we figured it's this place going to be packed here in a few minutes. And he was like, yeah, man, don't say that. Don't say that. It might not be. And, and it got, got 1130, and we were looking around. He came back over, and like, man, there's nobody here yet. Like, what's going on? He's like, stop it. Don't say it. I was like, dude, it's going to be packed. It's later because all the kids are playing in the snow. But here in just a little bit, they're going to come to lunch, a later lunch. He's like, stop, don't say that. You see, and, and then I said, um, don't you want more people to come? You, y'all going to make more money. He's like, yeah, I ain't going to make more money. I will make the same amount of money, whether there's five people or 500 people. Well, then they started coming in about 1230. You see, he doesn't own the Chick-fil-A. He's just a hired hand. Don't matter to him if there's five or 500. See, when you're a hired hand, you might look like the shepherd, but really, you don't have any real investment in the sheep. You don't really care for them. You just want to get paid. And so when the danger comes, when the wolf or the bear comes and tries to eat the sheep, 
What does the hired hand do? Nah, bro, I ain't worth that. He's out. Like, he'll just eat one or two, get his fill, and go, and then I'll come back. He doesn't, he's, why would you put your neck out there on the line and go fight off a wolf or a bear for something you don't own? He doesn't, and he flees. He goes about his own business, and he flees. Sheep to a hired hand are not worth the risk of injury or the risk of death. And so when it comes down to it, he quits. When I was in college, I used to work at a Best Buy. And uh, I remember my family was going on a cruise. I've been on one cruise in my life, and it was the one we went on. My whole family was going, like 30 of us. And um, I told them like three months out, hey, December, whatever, I'm going on this cruise. I'm just going to let you guys know. Taking off. I'm a part-time employee. Well, like two weeks before this time to leave for the cruise, they said, oh, hey, by the way, we're not going to be able to let you off. I said, I don't think you understood. This wasn't really a request off. This was me letting you know I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be on the ocean. Like, well, sorry, we're not going to be able to let you off. Well, then I quit. I had no investment in Best Buy. It's just a little job to get me through college. I'll get a job somewhere else. I'm out. You see, when things get hard, when things get inconvenient, you quit. When, when, the, when the wolf comes, when the enemy comes, it's not worth the risk of injury or death to the hired hand, so he quits. Here's the point. And here's the question I think we all deep down want to know. When things get hard for us, when we are uh, more trouble than we seem to be worth, when we mess up again and again, when we fail God again and again, the question we have is, will he quit on us? Will we become too much of a burden for God that he will quit on us? He will forsake us. When we start screwing things up, will we ever get to a point where we are no longer worth handling? I know that I long to know that answer so often because so often I feel like, you know what? I'd leave me, so why wouldn't God? I'd give up on me, so doesn't it make sense that God would? Is Jesus really invested in me? Or when things get a little tough, will he run away? Will he quit? When we act like dumb sheep and when we want to go walk over the cliff and up a, a time and time again, he takes that hook and says, no, 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 not that cliff. We go, no, I really want to go. No, 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 not that cliff. No, I really want to go jump off. The, no, no, no. Will he ever say, okay, idiot, go, fine, jump off of it? Does he ever get to a point where like a hired hand, he's like, not worth it, too annoying. Verse 11 gives us the answer very clearly. I am the good shepherd. It's another one of those I am standmates where he's telling us that he's God. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. See, how can we know for certain that Jesus won't abandon us when we fail him too many times? When the wolf comes, the hired hand runs away. But when our enemy came to devour us, when sin came, when the devil came, when death comes, how will we know that Jesus will not run away? 
Because when sin tried to destroy us, when the devil tried to condemn us, when death wants the last word, Jesus does not run and hide. Jesus did not turn back and leave his sheep to fend for themselves against our greatest enemy. No, Jesus put himself between our enemy and us. He stood in the gap, but he did not fight. Because it was not a battle that you could win by fighting. No, he goes and willingly lays down his life. He lays down his life to defeat our truest enemies. To defeat sin, to defeat the devil, and to defeat death. It was the only way he could deliver us. The book of Hebrews tells us that it was for the joy set before him that Jesus endured the cross. You see, when Jesus was, had, was our enemy is here and we're here and Jesus is in the middle. And he goes, I've got to lay down my life and be devoured by this enemy. Is it worth it for them? Hebrews says it was, the, the motivation that he had to endure, to be devoured by our enemy, his motivation was for the joy set before him. He could do it. The joy knowing that he would secure you and me. That he would save us and deliver us and make us new. It was for that joy and that knowledge that he would, that he would accomplish that, that he was able to lay down his life. So how do we know that he won't quit on us? How do we know that he won't give up on us? See, we can know that no matter how dumb we are, no matter how far we wander off, no matter how many mistakes we made, our shepherd already knew those mistakes. He knew that again and again we'd want to walk to the cliff and mess our life up. And at the moment of our greatest need, when we needed someone not to simply fight for us but to die for us, he willingly and gladly laid down his life. But you ask, you say, Brent, I know that Jesus forgives. I get that. I've heard that a lot. I know that he forgives sins, but you don't know what I've done. You don't know how bad I have been, how much I've messed up. You don't know how many times I've gone back to that same cliff and jumped off. You say, Brent, I think I am beyond his forgiveness. But Luke 15 answers that question for us. We spoke about it today. But that the good shepherd He's got 100 sheep, and one of them wanders off. He doesn't say, well, I still got 99, no big deal. That guy can, he can figure it out. No, he says, y'all, I'll be right back. And he goes, and he hunts down that sheep, and he finds it, and he grabs its legs, and he throws it up on its back, and he brings it back, and he puts it back in the flock. Again and again and again, we wander off, and again and again and again, he comes back and brings us home. You see, no matter how many times you screw up, no matter how many times you run away, he will always go back for you. My favorite hymn is Come Thou Fount, because it says this line, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. I'm prone to leave the God I love. So I'm prone to wander away, I'm prone to leave him. My only hope is take my heart, Lord, take and seal it to thy courts above. See, we need the sealing grace of God to keep us or we would all run away. I want you to know that if it was not for his grace that I would leave him. I would run away. My sin would get the best of me and I would run away. But thankfully by his grace he comes after me again and again and he seals me. See, it is the natural desire of my broken, wicked heart to, to run away. But our shepherd leads us away from danger, and he leads us into life again and again and again. 
Now, every one of us in this room at times have doubted. And when you do, when you doubt, God, I'm just not sure that you can forgive me. I've, I've ran away one too many times. I've broken the last straw. If you think that way, I want you to remember about the shepherd who lays down his life for you. And think about this. If Jesus did not abandon you in the moment of his worst agony, he didn't abandon you in the moment of his worst agony when he was devoured by our enemy, then he won't abandon you in your worst hour either. If he didn't give up on you then, he surely won't give up on you now. You see, Jesus is our good shepherd and he is no quitter. Our shepherd is not like the Pharisees. He's not like the guy who hops the fence and goes into the back door to steal. No, verse two and three says, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To to him, the gatekeeper opens the door and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. You see, Jesus is not out to use you like the Pharisees were. He's uh, He's not worried about tradition. He's worried about people. Like sometimes churches have been guilty of doing. Churches have been guilty of shunning those who were desperate for mercy because they wore the wrong clothes. Churches have been guilty of shunning people who were desperate for, for mercy because they liked the wrong music or because they were the wrong color. The church has been guilty of putting what's comfortable and what is our tradition and what we like over caring for lost sheep, but Jesus never does that. You see, to Jesus, you are not just another number. To Jesus, you are not just another face in the crowd. To Jesus, you're not just one of his sheep. To Jesus, he knows you by name. He knows you before you were born. He knows the number of hairs on your head. And he doesn't just love us, he loves you. See, not only does our shepherd lay down his life to save us, but he leads us away from danger and into the abundant life. Verse 9 and 10, he says, I am the door, and if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. You see, it is not only the shepherd's job to protect us from enemies, it is his job to lead us into the abundant life. And as John was writing this, you cannot help but think he would have been thinking about the words of Psalm 23. I want you to listen to this famous psalm that was pointing us to what our shepherd would look like. Picture yourself as the sheep and Jesus as the shepherd and listen to this. Jesus is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see, if you have Christ as your savior and your shepherd, he leads you to the still waters so that you can drink. He leads you to green pastures so that you can be fed. He restores your soul. You don't have to fear the valley of the shadow of death because he has defeated death. When Jesus is your shepherd, surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. Jesus is the good shepherd and he wants to lead you. He wants to lead you away from the cliff and into life. See, when you want to wander away, sometimes he has to pull that rod out and hit you over the head with it. You know, ow, that hurt. But 
He gives us wounds of love, wounds of grace, meant to lead us away from jumping off a cliff so that he can lead us into the abundant life. Lewis says it perfectly. You've heard me say this before, that we are like children playing in mud pies, thinking this is great. Yay, mud, this is awesome. And God is like, no, I want to take you to Hawaii. We're like, no, that's good. I'm cool over here playing in the mud. When he wants to lead us over here. See, as sheep, we so, in, so easily wander away from our shepherd. We continue to look at the shiny thing next to the cliff that we think will make us happy, and our shepherd patiently draws us away into green pastures again and again. See, the problem that you and I have is that we don't treat Jesus like our shepherd. We want to treat Jesus like an advisor. See, when we get in a pinch, we want Jesus to come in and save the day. When we need some advice, we want to throw up a prayer and get some wisdom. When we want to play next to the cliff, however, we want to live life contrary to the way God wants us to live, then we want our advisor to mind his own business and leave me the heck alone. You see, Jesus can never be your advisor. He can only be your shepherd. He can't have only part of your life. He demands all or nothing. The question is, Do you trust him to be your shepherd and to lead you where he says you should go? Or do you trust your own fickle heart? Do you trust him to lead you away from danger and into life? Or do you think you can find abundant life on your own? You see, all the sheep in the pen, all the sheep that are inside this gate are not Jesus' sheep. There would have been a lot of sheep in there, and they're not all his. And so when he calls his sheep, he calls their name, and they follow him, and the rest stay behind. See, shepherds in this day had a unique call. They had a, a whistle or some kind of some noise they would make. And the sheep would know that noise, and they would say, oh, that's my shepherd, and they'd go follow him. They'd have some kind of whistle. If I was a shepherd, I'd have my wookie. I'd go, and they'd all come. But Jesus doesn't whistle, doesn't wookie. He doesn't make some kind of call. He calls each individual sheep by name. And they hear their name. Like a role being called in class. You know how you hear your name and you're like, perk up? That's me. He calls their name and they follow. And so the question that you must answer this morning, has your name been called by Jesus? Has he called your name? And have you said, oh yeah, that's my shepherd, I need to go follow him. Are you his sheep? See, if you're his, if you're his sheep, when he called your name, you followed. You remember when he called your name, and you remember when you followed. Or are you without a shepherd? Are you simply wandering through life on your own, headed for a cliff by which there is no turning back? Or maybe you believe in Jesus like you think he's real or something, but you treat him like an advisor in your life. You think that you're the kind of sheep that can do it. You can live, you can live your life on your own your own standards. You just need Jesus every now and again. There may be some of you in this room, and maybe this morning you hear the voice of the shepherd in your heart calling for the first time. You hear in your heart right now that he is calling your name. Guys, this morning, come running, because he is the kind of shepherd who will lead you into life like you've never known, to joy like you've never known, because this shepherd gives his life For you, his sheep, you can come and join the flock today. Maybe there are some of you in this room and you would say, I like Jesus, I believe in Jesus, but 
in your life, you know that he, you, he functions just as an advisor. You give him some of your life, but not all of it. When you think you need him, you go to him. But besides that, you kind of keep your distance. You would say, he's not my shepherd. He's not leading me. But I know that I need to give him all of my life. Do that this morning. He will forgive you again and again and again and say, Jesus, I've been wanting to do my own thing. I want to give my whole life to you. Maybe there are some of you in this room and you would say, I have run so far away from him. I thought I have outsinned his grace. I thought I messed up so much. I was beyond his love. I thought maybe he had given up on me, that there was no hope, that I was out of time. Remember this. Jesus knew every single one of your sins that you ever committed. And for the joy of getting to you, he was able to go and endure the cross. Horrific pain. He's able to go through that for you, knowing all that you did. And if he went through that hell for you, he will never let you go. He will leave the 99 again and again and come after you. So you can rest in the shepherd's care. See, Jesus is the good shepherd. And sheep without a shepherd cannot survive. But when he called your name, you became his. You became his sheep. If Jesus is your shepherd, you can say with the psalmist these words. If he's your shepherd, and only if he's your shepherd, you can say, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Can you say that? Has he called your name? Maybe he's calling it right now, and you want to fight it because you're embarrassed. You want to fight it because you're scared. You want to fight it because you're not sure that he can actually forgive you. Those are lies from the pit of hell because your shepherd laid down his life to get you. So come running when he calls your name. Let's pray. God, this morning, there's... All kinds of people in this room, and God, there are some people who have never heard their name called, but right now in their heart of hearts, they hear you calling their name, saying, come follow me. God, I pray you give them the courage when we sing here in a moment to come up and get me or get one of these men on the side and say, I've heard my name called, I want to follow him, I don't know how, we will show you, we'll show you. If you're here in this room this morning and you would say, I just... I just feel like I'm too far gone. God, would you show us that, show them that that's not the case, that their sin can be cast as far as the east is from the west. If they're here this morning and they would say, you know, I've treated Jesus as an advisor and not a shepherd, but I need to give him my whole life. And maybe you just need to come up here and, and, and pray with one of us. Maybe you need to come up here and just get on your knees and say, God, forgive me for treating you that way, but I want to give you all my life. Give me the courage and the strength to be able to do that. Wherever you're at this morning, whatever the Lord would call you to do, whatever your shepherd would tell you to do, to stand and sing a little louder, put your hand in the air. Maybe he would call you to, to come and to, to get on your knees and to pray. Maybe he would call you to come and pray with one of us. Whatever he call you to do, listen to your shepherd because he wants to lead you into life, but your fickle heart wants to lead you to death. So listen to the voice of your shepherd. God, give us the courage to do that this morning. We love you. In Christ's name, we pray all people said. Let's stand and sing.